Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Uh, we've been in this series called Signs. This is week eight. Most of you know that I don't do a whole lot of long series. We've done one long series that I can remember in the course of our history called House um, that we actually did the last part of last year and the first part of this year. So we're kind of ending kind of like we started. This is a long series. This is week eight. And I just have really been praying that what would take place as we can keep this constant and extended emphasis and examination on the miracles uh, that were a supernatural invasion of the natural part of Jesus' life, my prayer has been is that we continue and constantly examine those things, that what would happen is that you would come to the place where the apathy that has invaded our lives would be rattled a little bit, and we would recognize that we have an inheritance and a destiny and a heritage of signs that we have laid down and laid aside. And I've been praying that as we We've been examining these miracles that invaded the life of Christ that what would take place is that you would go back and recognize that Jesus has promised us that what invaded his life should also invade our life and that signs should be a normal part of our life. And so uh, each of Jesus's miracles they reveal lessons and principles that we should learn and that should be taught to us. The only problem is, is that I can't take time to go over every miracle that Jesus performed or this would be a 34-week long series. Maybe I should have started it in January and just done the whole year on signs. But instead, what I want to do is we've dealt with a number of the miracles. And so what this morning I want to do and next week, I want us to just to go back and start summarizing some of the lessons we have learned. And then I want us to take the entire envelope of Jesus's miracle working experience and learn some basic principles and lessons that we should know that should impact our life. And so that's what we're going to do. So I want to take you back to where we started. I want to take you back to the text that we began with to revisit the promises that Jesus made to us according to scripture, what our inheritance is. Look in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 11 says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. See, miracles should prove that we are who we say we are. Uh, that one's free, by the way. Uh, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. When's the last time you walked on water? I'm just saying it says he, we will do what he has been doing. Then he makes this earth-shattering statement. He will do even greater things than these. That should keep you up at night. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. That should bother you right there. Unless you are seeing that happening in your own life, then we have not lived up to the inheritance that Jesus said we would have. Then he goes on and he says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Maybe. Oh, okay, I just want to make sure y'all are paying attention. I didn't see the word maybe in there, did you? I will do it. 
Period. It's done. Anything I ask him to do in his name, he will do it. That's our promise. Then he comes back in Mark chapter 16, verses 14 through 20. And it says this, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and the hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. We like this verse of Scripture. We will give to this portion of Scripture. We will support this portion of Scripture. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, we kind of check out here. We don't read this one. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover we like to talk about going we don't like to deal with the fact that it is the signs that validate our going because then he says so then after the Lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere we've been preaching everywhere as long as we can remember everybody's preaching everywhere and nobody's being changed because we forget the last part of this and they preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. That is what separates our preaching from everybody else's preaching. I'm not talking about just me, by the way, because you preach every day of your life. When you go to work tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock and clock in with the bad attitude, you're preaching at that moment. When you walk in overcomer and you're excited and you're moving forward, you are preaching at that moment. Signs should validate your preaching. So let's, let's go back and learn some of the principles that we've, we've perhaps touched upon and learned through this series. The first one is this. The blame game keeps us signless. See, the reality that I have discovered is this. I, I, I think I've known it for a while. It's become more evident as I pastored this church is that, that what is evident is this, that we want to blame the lack of signs on structured services or styles of certain churches, or we want to blame pastors, or we want to blame prayer team members, or we want to blame it on any number of things or any number of people. But the reality is, is that when you become honest and when you bullet down to the bottom line truth, the truth is, is that it is our lack of, that the truth is our lack of signs is a direct result of our lack of faith that went over huge we have allowed our faith to become so weak and in some cases so non-existent that we don't actually believe that God can do what he said he would do we sing about it we know what he says he would do we just don't believe it anymore and so what we do is we, in order to get ourselves off the hook, anybody ever try to get themselves off the hook? I do it. I make excuses why I would see this happen, but, you know, so-and-so didn't pray hard enough. Oh, I know y'all ain't never been there. If I had a pastor that would just really get into the Word, then my sign would take place. If I had a prayer team that would really support me in prayer, I could do all kinds of signs. No, the reality is, is that our lack of signs is based upon our lack of faith. I cannot secure your miracle for you. I may be able to partner in your miracle, and God may use me to partner in your miracle, but the reality is, is that your faith is your faith. And so... What we do is we see a direct reflection of our faith 
being reflected back to us by the number of signs that we see following us. That ought to keep you up at night too because it's keeping me awake. I can, I'm thinking, Jesus said I would do greater things than he did and it's not my dad's fault that I'm not seeing signs and it's not my aunt's fault that I'm not seeing signs and it's not my church members' fault that I'm not seeing signs and it's not my boss's fault that I'm not seeing signs and it's not Benny Hinn's fault that I'm not seeing signs and it's not Rod Parsley's fault that I'm not seeing signs. If I'm not seeing signs, there's only one person at fault and that is me. We have allowed apathy to make our faith so anemic that signs are lost. Where is your faith? What do you really, genuinely believe? Do you have any faith? The second lesson that we learn is part and parcel to this because we need to catch this. We need to use the faith that we have now. Uh, let me explain, let me explain. Jesus had this interesting interaction with Peter. Now, there was no miracle included in this interaction, but there's a lesson here to learn. Jesus has this dialogue with Peter. Peter, you know Peter, he was kind of bold. He kind of spoke sometimes when he shouldn't have. And Jesus is uh, talking about his death. He's prophesying his own death and Peter mans up and says, at least he thinks he's manning up, and he says, I will follow you anywhere. Y'all remember that? And Jesus looks back at him and says, makes this, this reply, Peter, you cannot go with me where I'm going. Right? Now, he does go on and say, you will follow me there one day. And Jesus being the prophet he was, Peter did die for his faith. And follow Jesus into death, right? Okay, now here's the deal. Was the problem that Peter had no faith? No. Peter had faith. Peter had so much faith that he was willing to get out of the boat when nobody else would get out of the boat. Peter had so much faith that he was willing to leave everything behind, his income, his family, his career, and follow Jesus. So the issue was not that he had faith. It's just that Peter didn't have enough faith to, or nor was he ready to follow Jesus everywhere. Are y'all with me still? I'm going to make a point here I want you to get. At that moment, Peter did not have the faith necessary to follow Jesus to the place of death. And the truth is, this morning, hear me, is you're not ready to follow Jesus everywhere either. I'm not discounting that you don't that you have faith. Some of you have faith. It's just the reality is that there are some places in your life where your faith is still lacking and there are still moments in your life where you still struggle to believe. And here's the truth. Here's the lesson. Are you ready? Jesus isn't expecting you not to struggle. See, I I I think that at times we are like Peter and what we do is we over overestimate our own faith. We try to act more spiritual and more believing than we really are as if we can fool ourselves and everybody else into thinking that we're super Christians. 
And so we overestimate our faith. However, I think the bigger issue is not overestimating our faith. I think the, the bottom line and the bigger problem is that we underestimate the grace and the patience of Jesus for our lack of faith. Jesus expects you to exercise the faith that you have right now. Not to exercise the faith that you still have to develop. Because you are going to develop in your faith. That's why the man had it so perfectly right when he said this. He says, I believe. In other words, what he's saying is, I am operating on the faith level that I have right now. So I declare to you, Jesus, that I believe, I understand that there is an element of faith in my life. So I'm going to operate on that level of faith. But then he comes back and he says, help my unbelief and so what he is stating is he's saying i recognize that i have faith but i also recognize that there is still room for my my faith to grow and mature and so what i came to tell you is to practice the measure of faith that you already have i'm not asking you to believe for something that you're not ready to believe for yet the truth is that some of you sitting in this room right now don't have the faith necessary to believe for signs that's all right Because I believe that what God wants to do is be patient with you and say, you know what? I will continue to work with you until you are ready to believe for signs. That's why he's placed you in a body where there are people that will believe for signs so that they can come and attach their faith with your faith and together you will corporately have enough faith to believe for what you couldn't believe for on your own. That was good, by the way. Y'all ain't going to amen me. I ain't amen myself. See, Jesus isn't worried and Jesus isn't mad if as I am preaching to you about signs, you're sitting there, I've heard this before, I don't know that I can believe for this. That's all right because the person he lets sit next to you may be the key link that you can join your faith together. So operate on the faith that you have now. Quit making excuses for the faith that you don't have. Just operate on the faith that you do have because Jesus declared that if you just have a little bit of faith. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Just a little bit. Boy, if I had more faith, I could believe for healing. Well, what about the faith that you have? If I had more faith, all my issues would be. No, what about the faith that you have? If a mustard seed of faith is enough to look at a mountain and say, mountain, I cast you out, and the mountain jumps up and goes and dives into the sea, then the little bitty tiny bit of faith that you do possess, if you would just exercise the faith that you have and quit making excuses for the faith that you don't have, we would see signs. Number three. Whew, it's hot. Are y'all hot? Okay, just want to say, Woody, help me out, bro. Where you at? Uh, he's out there counting. Somebody, there, he, here he comes. Chris has got it. Roll me down some air. Put a fan on. Do something. I'm sweating. And I know it's all spiritual to sweat, but man. All right, number three, be a copycat. Number three, be a copycat. One of the lessons that we teach or see taught to us And the experience that Jesus had on earth and then the subsequent experience of the disciples as they begin to produce signs in their life is that we should imitate the faith of Jesus and imitate the faith of disciples rather than trying to mimic their miracles. 
I want you to be a copycat, but I want you to copycat the right things. Because the truth is, is that if we try to copycat their miracles, we come off as fake. I know y'all ain't never met nobody that has tried to copycat somebody that had signs working in their life. You ever met one of those folks that they, they come into contact with somebody that's being used of the Lord to do signs, and suddenly they copycat them. I mean, they will, they will pray just like they pray. They will, if that guy that they saw being used in signs, they'll go back to their church and go, they will copycat. I've even seen people change their hairstyle to match the style, the person. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. I've seen people go change their wardrobes to match the person that they saw used. In fact, they've missed the point. Our desire for a formula and our desire for a quick fix and our desire for a recipe has caused us to mimic and copycat the wrong thing. We don't copycat their miracles. We copycat their faith. Going to imitate something, imitate Jesus' faith. If you're going to imitate something, imitate the disciples' faith. See, the problem with copycatting somebody's miracles is that your circumstance is different than theirs. Your reality is different than theirs. I- I've taught you this before. There are no levels in the Holy Spirit as far as this goes. You're just as anointed as a Benny Hinn. You're just as, anoy- as anointed as any faith healer that ever walked the face of the planet. The difference is, is that their reality is different because their circumstance is different. They've made themselves more available. God wants to use you like he wants to use you. I bought a cream suit one time. Did you see me wear that cream suit? Yes, he did. (sighs) No, no, it was right. I wore it one time and then gave it away to one of my African-American brothers, by the way. Because the thing was, was that if you were going to be used by God, you had to wear a cream suit. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me this morning. It was styling too, man. It was three-piece, had the nice, oh, it was sweet. But I still look like Casper in it, so I had to give it away. (laughs) See, here's our problem. Here's our problem. Thank God there were no pictures back then. No, no, I burned them. Um, (laughs) Joshua learned a valuable lesson. We cannot box God up. God moved in a particular fashion one time. Joshua said it's easier just to try to make God do it that way again. Y'all do realize that, that, right? If we got his presence here one time by singing a certain song, it's easier just to sing that song again rather than going to find the song that God is going to move on the next time. I'm preaching right now because some of us try to box God in. And what Joshua did is he tried to box God in. The only problem was is that God is not committed to our methods. He's committed to our faith. Oh, that was good. God is not committed to how you think he ought to work or how he has worked in the past. And Joshua learned a valuable lesson. If you try to force God to do what he's already done, the way he's already done it, you will wind up in defeat. I am telling you right this morning that you need to quit copycatting what got you a blessing 20 years ago. You need to quit copycatting the person that you've seen used by God, and you need to allow yourselves to copy the faith that brought you to that moment in the first place. Copycat the right thing. 
fourth. Y'all ain't going to like this one. Are y'all ready? I don't know if you expected to come to church this morning and hear a pastor tell you this, but I'm getting ready to tell you something right now. I want every one of you to leave the church. Get out. Leave the church. Now, notice I didn't say quit the church. There is a huge difference. I want to encourage you, and I am releasing you to leave this church. Because what I have discovered, I've mentioned it to you in passing before, I want to spend a little time on it this morning, is if you go back and study the miracles that Jesus performed, the biggest bulk of them took place outside the four walls of the church. They did not happen in the happy, safe confines of four walls in something that we call a sanctuary. They happened in the everyday aspect of Jesus' life. And if we relegate miracles to this building, and if we relegate miracles to a Sunday morning, if we say, God, you can only work when we come together like this, then what in the world are you going to do when you need a miracle late Tuesday night? What are you going to do for your coworker that says to you, I am never going to come to your church. How can you produce a sign in their life if it is only going to take place when we're together? In fact, I want to say this to you this morning. If we only see signs in this building, we're greedy. Because we want to waste it on us. How many signs do you need? How much of God's miracle working power do you need in your life until you become greedy and try to keep it all to yourself? Why do we do that? I'm telling you right now, if I had the cure for cancer, I would not keep it to myself. Come on, amen me, right? Then what's wrong with us? Because we do have the cure for cancer. See? Yeah, some of y'all, some of y'all don't have. Just operate in the faith that you do have. If I had the answer to everybody's issues, if I had the answer to everybody's desire to become an alcoholic, if I had the answer to everybody's desire to live in drug addiction, if I had everybody's answer for their marriage, if I had everybody's answer for the problems in their life, I would be greedy if I kept that to myself. Amen. Then what is wrong with us? Because we have the answer. We used to sing an old song, Jesus is the answer. What happened? Did the questions change? No, we're still, the day they came out with that song, the, the questions are not any different now than they were back then. The answer is sufficient now that answered the question back then. And the answer is Jesus. And if we keep them inside these four walls, we are greedy. Our church life, because I know how we work, we compartmentalize. So I'm going to break that down right now. Our church life has to begin to invade, begin to invade our daily life. Our church life has to invade our marriage. 
Our church life has to invade your work life. Our church life has to invade our financial dealings. Our church life has to become part of our everyday experience. I want you to hear me very carefully. I long for the day when we come together and someone with a physical ailment walks in here and we lay hands on them and they're healed. I long for the day when the alcoholic walks in and lays down their drink to never pick it up again. I long for the day when the drug addict walks in and lays down the needle and says, I don't want this anymore. I long for the day when a broken marriage walks into the door and they walk out arm in arm more in love with one another than they've ever been. That is the longing of my heart, but I want you to hear me this morning. I will trade all of that in. And I will be happy and you will see me smile and I will still have as much fun at church if we never see any of that. If we begin to see that in your daily life. You know why? Because if we would become people that would operate in that realm and we would begin to take our church life and let it invade our life at our work and invade our life at school and invade our life in our neighborhood and we begin to see signs following us in those realms, that would be more life-changing. That would be more influencing. We would see a greater community impact that would change our city, that would change our state, that would change our world. 200 people walking out, operating in signs would change more than we would ever see changed by one person walking in here and getting healed. So listen to me very carefully this morning. I am releasing you to leave the church. I am challenging you to believe for and to expect signs to be a part of your natural, everyday, run-of-the-mill, more-than-ordinary life. I expel you from only expecting for a supernatural service. I'm going to say that again. I expel you, kick you out from only expecting for a supernatural service. And what I do is I commission you, and we're going to do this at the end too. We're going to pray this way. I commission you to begin to live a supernatural life. Well, you won't get on TV, Pastor Steve, if we're the ones out doing signs. You've got to have those happen in the service. Nobody will want to watch. I don't care. I'm not built for TV anyway. I glisten. I don't have a big enough, never mind, comb over, I will one of these days, just hang on. I am releasing you to be ambassadors of the miracle working power of Christ. Well, I don't meet the qualifications, really? Let me dispel that real quick. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. 
you've got faith in him, get out and do what he did. And last but not least, participation is usually not optional. If you go back and examine most of Jesus' miracles, the one receiving the miracle was required to participate or become active for that miracle. Our problem is is that too many of us just want to sit back and do nothing and expect God to do all the hard work. Here's how we think. Come on, I know we think this way. I made all these bad choices and decisions, God. And I'm not going to change nothing now. You know, I'm not going to quit spending too much, and I'm not going to quit eating too much, and I'm not going to quit gossiping too much, and I'm not going to quit smoking too much, and I'm not going to quit dipping too much, and I'm not going to quit, oh, come on now. I'm not going to quit flirting, and I'm not going to, but I've made a big mess of my life. Now what I need you to do is I need you to perform a sign and bail me out. Come on, God, this is what you're all for. You're my Santa Claus. Uh, you know, check your list. I've been pretty good the last two weeks, and, and, and I made all these mistakes, and I ain't going to do one stinking thing to fix it, but I want you to bail me out. See, I think if we were more proactive in participating in making preparation for a miracle by doing the simple things like changing what we have done, like stopping certain cycles in our life, then we would be much more likely to see signs. The truth is is that most of the miracles that people received from Jesus were the direct result of participation by a simple act of, here's the dirty word, obedience. We want everybody to obey but us. I want my dog to obey. I want my children to obey. I want my car to obey. When I turn that key, I expect that car to come on. Obey me. But we don't want to obey. Nothing profound. Obedience. Small lunch turned over. Feeds 5,000. Water obtained from servants to fill up empty water pots becomes the sweetest wine. Uh, Throwing nets on the other side. I've already thrown them on this side, but he said to throw them on this side, and so I will simply obey. Stone moved. But he stinks. Yeah, but he said move the stone. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Go back and think about these things. Blind man in a village uncomfortable and unknown circumstances and surroundings, and Jesus says, come on, let me take you for a little walk. Well, I can't see. I understand that. Just walk with me. Simple obedience led to some of the most profound signs this planet has ever seen. And so what I am saying to you this morning is that if we would just begin to participate, we would see signs. Work for your miracle. We don't believe in work. 
We believe in faith. Yeah, there's only one problem. <laughs> Y'all know it, don't you? Without works, your faith is dead, gone. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it really exist? Work for your miracle. Put works to your faith. Begin doing, listen to this statement, begin doing now. What is faith? Somebody know that? Oh, come on, come on. That's right. Things we haven't seen yet. We're faith to believe that the, the evidence, right? It's out there. We haven't seen it. So what we have to do is we begin to do now what we would do if we had the miracle. In other words, I like to say it like this. Give God a preview. Worship now like you would worship if he came through for you. Well, I can't worship now like I would. If God would give me a new car, I would worship him. Worship him now. Give him a preview. Pray, pray and worship like a Bentley just pulled up in your driveway. And then watch out for me. And then um, give God a percentage of your income now as, as if he had already dealt with all your financial needs. Well, I can't really tithe until God comes through. Bogus, that doesn't work that way. We give God a preview. How can he trust you with more if he can't trust you with what he's already given you? Testify now like you would if he had already worked on your behalf. Participate in your miracle. Fight off the laziness that tries to get you to sit back and hope for a sign one day. Obey by doing what you know he is said to do. And let me just say, he will come through. Give now, serve now, worship now, unyoke now. Some of y'all catch that later. Do whatever you got to do as if the miracle had already taken place and see if God won't come through. Because here's the truth. Boil it down for you. While we're waiting on a sign from God, God is waiting on a sign from us. He's waiting on the sign of obedience. The harsh truth about signs is that many of us, please catch this, the harsh truth about signs is that many of us would have already have a miracle if we would have already obeyed. Your marriage would be better off right now than it would have be it is if you would have already obeyed your finances would be better right now if you would have already obeyed your body would be better right now oh y'all don't like this but it's the truth if you would have already obeyed and our lack of obedience keeps us signless participate in your miracle Y'all still with me this morning? Stand up with me. I don't know if this is possible, but I'm doing my dead level best. I am trying to preach you into signs. I don't have enough faith for signs. Just hang on. You will. Just operate on the faith you do have. I am trying to push you and preach you into your inheritance. But you know where it starts? 
obedience. If you don't catch nothing else we've talked about in any one of these messages on signs, if you don't catch anything, you've got to catch that one because signs will overtake you if you will simply obey. What's following you? This is how I want us to do this this morning. I want everybody that will. I know it gets crowded up here, but we haven't done this in a little bit. I want everybody that will to just join me right up here in the front. Just stand. Just kind of come up as a body. We're, we're you know, we like each other during Christmas anyway, so y'all didn't catch that neither. You'll hang out with people you don't ever hang out with otherwise except at Christmas. Now y'all cold. Y'all were hot. Now it's cold. Come on, squeeze in here. I know I spit, but I ain't going to spit on you right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Squeeze right. Come on, come on, Josh. I, I promise I won't spit on you more than once. It's the anointing, bro. No, I'm playing. I'm in a weird mood this morning. I don't know what's wrong, wrong with me. I'm having fun. <clears throat> this is what I want us to do. Listen, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you count us as your family because we really are. We, we may not share the same natural parents, but there is a reality that we are one. We are our body. I'm getting ready to kick you out of this church. No, seriously. I want to commission us, make a, a covenant with one another. Making covenant is dangerous, by the way, because at the moment you make that covenant, God expects you to fulfill that covenant. We are making a covenant as a body, family members, that we're going to quit expecting God just to show up here, that we are actually, literally, physically going to see God begin to manifest His presence in our lives and in the lives of the people that we encounter. Let me just warn you that when that takes place, this changes. Did you hear me? This changes. Because we won't ever be the same. You're better than any billboard that we could hang in this city. You're better than any bumper sticker we could put on anybody's car. If you would just operate in the manifested presence of God in your daily life, they will come. It's guaranteed. We have a guaranteed deal. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I will draw all men to you. So as we live our daily life and we lift Jesus up and signs begin to follow us, Father, this morning I pray for my family members. I expel us from only believing for, only fasting for, only praying for, only preparing for the supernatural on Sunday morning. In fact, Father, I want to declare to you that I am willing to continue to do services and never see anyone healed if you would allow us in our daily life to see scores of people healed 
then we'll just come together on Sunday and celebrate what's taking place all week long. And so, Father, I commission every person under the sound of my voice to be released to operate in the supernatural according to the promise and the heritage and the destiny that your son Jesus gave us. I'm just asking that you would allow us to live up to what you said about us. We want to see greater things done through us than that were done through your son. And so I'm praying that tomorrow morning at work and tomorrow morning at school and tomorrow evening at the restaurant with no weird clothes on and no cameras rolling that we would come into contact with somebody that needs a miracle and we would respond and signs would follow them that believe so father I commission this crowd of folks right here to believe for more than just good services I commission this crowd to live a supernatural life Father, I say it like this. We believe. So help our unbelief. We will begin to operate on the faith that we already have, even if it's small. And as we see your hand at work in our lives, then our faith will expand and we'll believe for more. Help us to operate on the faith that we have. I pray that in our personal lives as a body here, I pray that in our personal lives, we would begin to obey you. Obey you about our finances. Obey you about our physical beings. Obey you about our relationships. We will obey you in every aspect of our life because at the moment we obey, signs will be released. So, Father, we trust you for this. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now. Look him in the eye and say, you're expelled. Oh, some of you have heard that before, but it didn't have nothing to do with church. <clears throat> Come on, tell somebody else, you're expelled. Quit just praying for good services. Pray for our supernatural life. God bless you. Thank you for... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.